thoughts, ideas, people, caravan maintenance, trundle beds. What's that plastic thing doing down there? Shut up, Renee. Quiche. Niche. Niche's quiche. Hello, hello, yeah, how are you doing? Are you feeling really good? God damn, there's a massive cobweb. What the hell? That's huge. Anyway, hey, how are you? I record this in me basement. Yeah, me ba- It's healthy if you've got cobwebs in your house and you've got spiders. I pulled down a, um, jeez, that was awful. Uh, sorry, just went somewhere in my head. Um, are you good? Are you good? Yeah, I, um, I kind of do a lot of garden maintenance in the building I live in. And I don't really like, I don't like doing it, I'll be honest. I, it reminds me of my childhood spending, um, I, I was, I, I would, I mean, you poor little guy. He lived, I lived in a Hessian sack. No, my, my mother would wake me up at, uh, set the alarm, wake me at 5am to do the gardens, uh, every Saturday and Sunday. So I, I just have no time for gardening. Like my entire childhood was doing, um, chores, Gardening, making, even making the dinners, making dinners, making uh, breakfast, making lunch, uh, probably from the age of six, which made me resilient. It made me resilient, I guess, but it made me, it left me with a real deep set, uh, deep set, yeah, deep set, deep what? Anyway, deep hatred of um, of gardening. I mean, I'm, I hate doing the cleaning as well, cleaning the house, but I do understand what it is to to run a tight ship. But more on that later, thanks to uh, couples therapy. But anyway. Um, yeah, I was. Uh, I was. Uh, I. I do have to do the gardening in this place that I'm in. I don't have to actually. I just do it because no one else will do it. And um, I was pulling on a palm frond the other day in the rain, and like balancing on a fence, like real dangerous work, like a massive big palm tree. And oh my god, the 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 huntsman, the size of the huntsman that came out, it was like a fucking dinner plate. Like it, it, it was the biggest huntsman I've ever seen, and I managed to flick it. Uh, and it went, <laughs> this is the best thing about it. I don't know whether I mentioned this. Have I said this before? Because it only happened a couple of weeks ago. I feel like there's deja vu with this moment. But anyway, I flicked it and it went into um, the kid's window in the next door building. <laughs> Which sounds like awful, but the dad's a bit of a dickhead. So I felt not, not that bad. Anyway, uh, I didn't mean to intentionally flick a giant huntsman with a leg expanse the size of a dinner plate. I mean, I'm exaggerating with a dinner plate. A, a Not a saucer either. The one in between. <gasps> What's that plate called? Side plate. Anyway, bloody, it was a side plate. I thought that there was no name for that plate for a minute. Um, I thought I'd stumbled into something. Uh, but yeah, it was, you know, about the side. And probably a saucer, actually. I'll be honest with you. It was a saucer. Yeah, anyway. So I flicked it through the window. Um, I didn't mean to, but it went in there, which was pretty funny. Um, but anyway, I've just got lots of cobwebs down here. I don't think I've had my glasses on for a while down here. Um, so I'll get onto that in a minute because I've got a bloody, bloody vacuum them up. Because they don't look good. But I like the spiders being down here because I know they're taking care of mosquitoes. A lot of mosquitoes where I live. Anyway, what am I talking about? Um, I've just spent freaking like probably 45 minutes trying to book flights. Because um, it just kept conking out for some reason. I guess everyone's trying to book flights, but uh, it's just uh, internally. My The family is coming to Melbourne for the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Then I'm staying around doing some other family stuff and mucking around. going to catch up with some people and it's just going to be nice. I'm really looking forward to it. So I can't... Oh, by the way, I mean, I know people in Melbourne already know this, but and I've, I keep banging on about it, but it's bloody... It's kind of freaky that it's happened. I have added an extra show in Melbourne at the Comedy Festival. I'm only doing the weekend at the Comedy Festival theater which is a massive venue it's scary but friday saturday basically have gone there's a, literally a handful of seats so we've added a show and this is the thing it's nine o'clock on a uh, sunday night there's no public holiday the next day i don't know who's gonna be there but there are tickets for sale there are tickets for sale and i'm not coming back I mean, I might be back next year. I don't know. Anyway, we'll see how my life goes. I feel like, I feel buoyant at the moment. But, you know, that's not to say that in uh, 45 minutes I'll be like on the precipice of uh, bloody wanting to top myself. Not joking, by the way. Um, I've been to that place before. It's a bloody dark ledge. Uh, look after yourself. Talk to your friends. Uh, reach out to people. Reach out to strangers. Just reach out. Um, anyway, so I was uh, online trying to book flights and it just pissed. Jeez, it pissed me off. I get... I, I, believe, I think do sweat the small stuff. 
I think that's the way to go. Sweat the small stuff, get angry and irritated at little things. Then when big things happen, you're like, oh, I know how to deal with this. <laughs> Is there a mentality to that? I think there's something to that. So if you, hang on, just that's Velcro on my sandals. I'm going to rip the sandals off. It's bloody sandals off for this podcast. Um, anyway. Uh, so yeah, I, I got really frustrated because, uh, every time I went to put in my, uh, my details and I, I started getting worried because, um, you know, like you download stuff on your computer, nothing sus, but you know, you do download things on your computer and you think, oh, I've got a bug in here now. Are they stealing my information? And it kept crashing between both major airlines and I was kind of gambling between the two of them, not gambling, gambling, but trying to pick which, uh, one to go with and which flight was cheaper. Um, and it made me think, cause I got a, uh, I got I got rorted by the latitude thing as well, and Meriton. I got them both. So someone's got me. De- someone's got me bloody driver's license details. Someone knows that I'm on my P plates. I'm on my bloody P plates, guys. I have been on my P's. This is extraordinary and so embarrassing. I've been on my P's for six years. Six years because I stuffed up a couple of times by not putting my P plates on. Lost my license twice. Um, not from being a bad guy, you know, I'm not drinking and driving or anything. Um, it was just accumulated loss of points from, um, accidentally speeding through a school zone twice, but not like speeding just a little bit because in New South Wales, the government is as corrupt as they come. So anyway, it's not going to change even though it's changed to a labor government now, but anyway, they are so corrupt. They just absolutely are out to get you with fines. Anyway, they're so bad. You know, you drive through school zones and you're like, oh, quick down to 40. Then it's like, I've been in this one that went from 80 to 40 and then 80 again. This is crazy. Anyway, it doesn't matter. This is not what the podcast is. But um, anyway, so uh, yeah, do sweat the small stuff. There is something to that, isn't there? So you get upset about like opening things, packets that won't open properly, seat belts that don't go, you know, and the seatbelt juts and you're like, ugh, 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 ugh. And then you like breathe. You're like, all right, you're going to be okay. And you go, one, one more pull, you're like, ah, oh, fuck it! That kind of thing. I think that's natural and fine a little bit. Not in front of your kids. Um, but by yourself, it's absolutely fine to have. I try not to road rage anymore. I think I learned a lesson. Um, I learned a lesson. Hang on a minute. What's that again? I'm really doubting a lot of things I say these days. because maybe I've, I've come to the realization that maybe I'm stupid. Um, is it learned? I've learned something or I learned something. They both sound wrong to me. Anyway... <laughs> What a question. Uh, when I was in Bali and the traffic is just like, it just flows. Um, it is, is it a Buddhist society? I think it is, yeah. Um, no, Hindu. It's Hindi, Hindi. Hindi, Hindu. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, Hindu, Hindi. Um, yeah, I think it's, uh, yeah, where, where they just let the traffic happen. And there's just not much beeping going on. And if there is beeping, it's alerting the driver that there's a moped next to them. Like, beep, beep, I'm here. Instead of BB, get the fuck out of my way. So I've tried to take that into my driving as well, so I don't get angry at stuff. I mean, certainly, or, I mean, Toyota Hiluxes. Um, anybody who drives one of those big cars, they do piss me off. I'll be honest with you, um, Range Rovers. But it's mainly the tradies in those trucks. They are just. I watch them just hooning down Parramatta Road, just tailgating a guy on his owls, intimidating him, like screaming out of the window at him. It's like, why would you do that? Why would you torment a poor kid on their L's? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, I don't know. What are they, they called, those things? Bloody, they're not SUVs. They're just, they're like, just, they're like a cross between a ute, a ute and a truck. Anyway, they're just fucking assholes is what they are. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, sorry. So sweat the small stuff, people. Um, how are you? Are you good? I hope you're good. I'm feeling a lot better this week. I think... Um, the come down from the Adelaide Fringe. I've been work, reworking my show like crazy because I'm gonna I'm gonna be touring it for a long time because it's gonna turn into something quite extraordinary. This show and it's already half different from what I was performing in Adelaide. So I'm really excited to bring it to Melbourne. It's a real. Uh, I mean, I'm not trying to sound like an arty wanker here, but it's a real piece of work, and I'm working really hard to make it the best thing and commentary I've ever done um, in terms of. But I mean, it's it's. Yeah, it, it, I'm really trying to do something with this show. Not, you know, not um, Nanette, um, Hannah Gadsby way, but I am really trying to do something. I did think about calling the show Manette, um, but then I thought, no, I'll probably get in trouble for that because like, you get trouble in trouble for lots of stuff. Hey, speaking of getting in trouble and great thought, 
there's a great... I don't listen to many podcasts. There's only really one that I kind of listen to. Um, I'll speak your podcasts again, just, sorry, just sidetracking again. Um, I'm recording my first children's uh, story podcast tomorrow. It's called Rollover Pavlova. And what it is, it's a... Um, it's an improvised 15-minute story. So I have the characters written out and I have them in front of me. And then I, um, I have a basic story structure, but I improvise what's going on in between, which I'm really, really... I mean, it could not work. It might not work. Um, but I think it will, and I've got a really good feeling about it. So roll over Pablo, I'm recording it tomorrow, and then I think I'll put some uh, music behind it, so I might take the weekend to make it uh, zhuzhi, and next week we'll be out there, my children's podcast. I think it's aimed at three to seven-year-olds. I think they'll be quite happy in there, and any loose-minded adults as well, if you want a, uh, a bedtime story before you go nine-eyes. Maybe it could be that that it's for anyone. Just really basic, absurd story structures improvised in your ear hole that's what we want that's what we want um yes the podcast i do listen to is uncomfortable con uh, conversations with josh zepps who i think has an extremely powerful mind i really like the way it works he can come across as a bit arrogant or snobby or smug but nonetheless i do love his politics and there's a really interesting one i just listened to with uh, someone colson uh colson someone i can't remember uh, on race and um, and woke culture that I heard uh, just last night. It's really, really good. Anyway, if you want to get on board something a little bit more refined and, um, uh, I guess, cleverer, cleverer than this, than this bullshit. Anyway, um, speaking of bullshit, how about this? Are you nourished? Are you nourished in your life in general? Because, my goodness, I had the most extraordinary... I made a salad yesterday. And I just can't believe what happened with this salad. It was so yummy. Now, it was just some, some stuff in the fridge. Don't judge my fridge. Do not judge what I'm about, the ingredients I'm about to say. There's always a bunch of kale in there because I'm like, oh, I'll use that. And you never really do. Um, but I try to. Oh, I'll use it. Oh, it's 99 cents. Yep, I'll get that. I'll use it. Um, I always go for the specials in seasonal stuff. And yeah, anyway, so I had a bunch of kale on the turn but you know it was in some water in the fridge and uh there was a side like a little like a little plastic sleeve of smoked trout which is my uh, my partner she, she loves the stuff and it is it's really yummy not that expensive actually in comparison to tuna and i think people don't really know about it but you can get these little plastic sleeves of organic-y like lovely smoked trout in your fridge section um from certain places and um yeah really really yummy anyway so that kale then I opened up a tin of beans, and it was a tin of fool, which is like a fava bean. They're really dark little nuggety beans. Um, they're very, I guess, Egyptianish or Middle Eastern. Egyptianish. Anyway, uh, that was in there as well. Then I had, I've made my own pickles, so I've got some bloody pickles in there, some um, really hot, spicy pickles that I made with garlic and dill. Um, so I chopped them up in there. I had a cucumber chucked in there as well. And, um, some really thin, the green part of the spring onion, not the white part, the green part, really, really thinly. Just wait for this. It's amazing what happens. I'm not just telling you about a salad. It's what it tasted like in the end, which was hilarious. Um, so spring onion was in there and what else was in there? I think, oh, a bit of avocado. So a bit of butteriness, some just half a, um, on the nose avocado at the end. And I put in some, what do you call it? That, that mayonnaise, Kewpie mayonnaise, just a bit on top and mixed it all up. And then I had a bite and I was like, oh my God, this tastes like a Whopper, a Hungry Jack's Whopper, <laughs> which is not like, you always know the taste of a Whopper. I don't care who you are. When you're a kid, when you're a 10 year old boy, if you're a 10 year old boy right now, Whoppers taste great. And look, they still do. I have ethical issues eating Whoppers. I will eat the vegetable one, the ang no, the Angry Whopper, no, the Rebel Whopper, which I've talked about before on the podcast. And I just, this salad, and it was the smokiness of the trout coupled with the meatiness of the bean, then the pickles, and then the Kewpie mayonnaise. It was ridiculous. It was a salad Whopper. I made a Whopper salad. A Whopper salad. So you probably have to re rewind this if this intrigues you. I, I dare you to make this salad and say it doesn't taste like a Whopper. It tastes like a Whopper. And I know Whoppers don't have avocados in them or kale, but obviously something there, like the butteriness, is the bun or something. I know there's no bread in it. There's no meat in it. 
I don't know what happened with that Whopper. I always used to get a Whopper with heavy mayonnaise and heavy pickle, just the way they say it on the little microphone at Hungry Jack's. Geez, they used to have sexy um, uniforms, didn't they? Remember they were orange, brown, and yellow. It was a hot, bloody sexy... That's one of the sexiest fast food combinations, uh, combination colours you've ever seen. Hot stuff. Anyway, um, I'm going to play you something now. What? What is it? Go make yourself a Whopper salad. All right, hang on. Today's world is full of things. But where did they come from? And how did they begin? Sam Simmons, the precise history of things. Magnets. Hey man, what's your f***ing problem? I don't know what you're talking about. Well, didn't you read my memo? Uh, no. I put it on the f***ing fridge. Well, it's not there now. Maybe you should have used a magnet. A what? A fridge magnet. I don't understand what you're saying. Magnets! Magnets. They're pretty amazing. Like, have you ever heard of the saying, when opposites attract? Well, that's magnets. Like, I'm really attracted to women and balls of wool. Whereas I like men and velvet. <laughs> you can't get any more opposite than that. You may have heard of the magnetic poles, like the South Pole and the North Pole. Christmas elves give me the shits. Oh, how I hate Christmas midgets. We prefer to be called Shetland people, Sam. Like Shetland ponies. I want a pony. Well, if you're a really good boy this year, I'll get you a pony. Oh, I love pony. Oh, look at the little pony in his little clippity-clop-clop horseshoes. What happened? I think he got his little horseshoes stuck on a magnet. Let's use him as a pony fridge magnet. What a great idea. Now you'll never miss a Mimo. Have you guys got a fridge pony? Magnets. I freaking want one. Sam Simmons. The precise history of things. Don't know what that was, but um, I bet it was bloody... Bet it was good. Jeez. Uh, I don't think I've even repeated any of the stuff I've recorded yet, which I'm going to keep repeating um, over the, you know, however long this podcast goes for. Um, you'll re- we'll re-hear things, but I think that's a nice thing. It's just like, oh, I remember this. Oh, there's a new bit. Oh. Um, anyway, so, oh, this morning was really cute. So I dropped off my little girl at school and they had a little performance from the, like, the year ones and twos who've been learning at String Beans, so the string section. So there was all these little girls and boys. It was so cute. Oh, God. Um, outside in the sunshine, playing cellos and violins. They did Frere Jaca and some other thing that I didn't recognise. And it was all out of tune and wonky, but gosh, it was cute. It's uh, And it reminded me of my childhood. I learnt cello when I was a little boy, and oh, it's such a beast of an instrument it's all big and beautiful but just the sound and the tone in fact i'm going to play some uh a, a concerto at the end of this some type of cello concerto um just because it was just beautiful to hear it again just the resonance of the the cello and just the human heartbeat and apparently it's been through the closest thing to a human voice is the cello i don't know what it is but anyway it's beautiful and there is something very explicitly sexy about a um a sexy female cellist um, which sounds very weird. Um, I'm talking about a school, watching school chalice, which is not what I'm thinking, but I'm just thinking about in general. Um, it's just a, a fantasy of mine. Jesus Christ, what's happening in my head? Doesn't matter. Um, anyway, so, uh, yeah, that was a really sweet start to the day. I was like, oh, this is so cute. And then I went off and did, um, I, I got the ingredients again for the Whopper salad. <laughs> I want to try it again just to make sure that I'm not making this up or there's something wrong with me. But anyway, so I went there. I also eyeballed the um, the sushi place on the way through. He gave me a bloody firm little eyeball like, you bloody poison my kid. So last Friday, oh, no, last Thursday? Last Thursday. Oh, this is rank. Um, I got my, and it's my fault. Uh, you know the end of the day sushi? And they've got sushi rolls that are kind of like just a bit cheaper. And Luna wanted a sushi roll. I was like, I'll just get you one of those. She was really hungry. So I gave her one. Oh my goodness. She got so food poisoned. It was the poor little thing. It was just, I'm talking like man-sized vomits. I've never experienced anything like it. She was like, I feel sick. And I was like, do you? Like thinking you're not, you know, feeling sick. You're just trying to like angle for a treat or something. And then she vomited in the bed. Only a little one, like a little polite one. And it was probably a tablespoon worth. And I was like, oh, she's fine. And then she said, I've got to go. And she bolted to the toilet. And like a bloody, 
like a drunken woman after a night out, just straddled the bowl like a pro. Um, like I mean, I mean like a professional, by the way, and just hard vomited. Just litres came out of her. I was like, oh, thank God. And I thought to myself, it's out of her. It is definitely out of her now. By the way, I did manipulate her in a little way. I said that she got sick because she had a treat. I blamed it on the treat. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, anyway, so she did a hard vomit. And then we took her downstairs. So I looked after her that night. And she was all, you know, like, oh, I vomited. And she was crying from vomiting because she was scared. And I told her it was all all right. And we were watching a movie and she fell asleep on the couch. And I was like, I can't take her to school the next day in case it's gastro. Um, so she knew she wasn't going to school the next day. So we stayed up a little bit late. We watched a movie together and she fell asleep on the couch. And then I was carrying her upstairs, hot vomit straight down the back. So I woke up, hot vomit down the back. And it's really interesting, like, if anybody else vomited on me, I would freak out. But you're just like, no, nope, action. And then you like, you know, take her, put her in the bath, hot bath. And, you know, we all, you know, bathe and get rid of the vomit off us. And then in the middle of the night, I'm like, oh, we, oh, we co-slept because I was like, I'm not going to leave her alone to, you know, vomit in the night on herself. And we co-sleep anyway. What am I lying about? Well, I'm the hippiest parent there is out there. We still co-sleep. And I know it's probably going to be pro problematic. I'm slowly getting her up into her own bunk. Slowly, slowly. It's getting there. Um, anyway, uh, and then in the middle of the night, hot vomit. Oh my God. One of the biggest ones, hot vomit all over my back. And I'm talking like saturated t-shirt. I did so much washing for the, for the weekend. It was awful. Anyway, so I took, I kept her home Friday. Um, no more vomits. All good. Had a lovely time and I got through it. So obviously it was food poisoning cause I didn't get, um, I didn't catch it. You can't catch food poisoning unless you eat the thing or vomit went in the mouth maybe or gastro i don't know i'm not an expert i'm not an expert but i was uh painted with hot hot vomit and yes there were carrots in it there you go because she'd had carrots that day at school a hot carroty vomit that's what you need um okay what else have we got going on here oh yes we went to couples therapy during the week um, which was, you know, I did not like it. I'll be honest with you. There was a bit of point scoring going on there, which I didn't believe that's what you do during couples therapy. But anyway, that's as much as I'm going to say. Um, if you are going into therapy at the moment with, a, with your partner, don't bloody go in there with ammunition. Just go in there with an open heart and go, how can we solve our communication? Don't just go in there with, hey, you did this and you did that. Because I didn't do that. Anyway, um, it was... Uh, yeah, it was, it was uh, yeah, it, it, I did not like it. I'll be honest, I did not like it, but we're moving, we're moving on. We're moving and we're moving positively in the right direction, guys. Hey, speaking of sweating the small, the small stuff, I did have issues at Office Works the other day, as, as per usual, because it is, God, it's a bullshit operation. Uh, if you're in America, and there are a few Americans, a few Americans, there's a few Americans listening. Um, it's Staples. It's like Staples where, where you are. I don't know what it is in Canada. Um, I, I, what is it in, um, oh, what is it? There, there's one in the Rymel. No, I can't remember the one that is in the UK. There's a UK one as well. But anyway, your bulk, your bulk stationery store. They are just so inept. Oh my God. It's, it, it's the most inept big business in Australia. Just from the person at the door who says hello to you, the most useless and redundant fucking position. And it's always a person who's had like a bit of a career at Officeworks and they've done well. And then they're like, oh, you're being promoted to the, being the greeter on the door because it's the least work. Hello, welcome to Officeworks. Anyway, and then as you're waiting in a queue, like a busy queue to pay for your, your fucking stationery, and then there's some greeter standing at the door. It's like, get on the register, mate. Anyway. Uh, and then you go to the printing department. It's always like a 15 year old girl that doesn't know what she's doing. And the poor thing, like the poor, um, the printing staff there, they're under a lot of pressure. There's always someone there getting angry about their printing or it's me. I just need these photos. I need these photos for school. She needs a school photo of her when she was a baby. Can I get this printed up? No, I've got it on a USB stick. No, it's on my phone. No, you need to go on the website. Send us it over the web. Well, but that's a picture of my child. I mean, that's it doesn't it doesn't make sense. Anyway, um, so I sweated the small stuff with that one, and I got through it. And the anger makes me happier. Is that a thing? The rage makes me happy. I like having something to niggle about. I'm not a bitch. I will not gossip about people anymore. But I will bitch and whinge 
about small problems and issues with customer service and people. Not to mention the fact that, you know, there's a giant fucking iceberg about to break off in Antarctica that could flood us all to Katoomba. Anyway, um, hey, I'm going to play something else now and break up the rage. Spider all the rage! Ha! <sighs> <sighs> Here is a tale of a muesli man. Muesli man. He was blown out to sea in the middle of a call. He didn't realize he was sailing toward a squall. Neath the ocean lived the seahorse, dolphins, and the whale. Octopus and jellyfish, and here begins a tale. Music man. Day two. I uh, I manned the sausages at the election day sausage sizzle last weekend, um, which m- reminded me how much I uh, despise interacting with the general public. Absolutely, because there's weirdos out there, guys. Not the ones that come to me show. Bloody weird. And not the ones that just, you know, come into a cool bar or a certain restaurant or something like that. And you're like, like-minded souls. And in an election, it's everyone. It's a cr- This has reminded me of my days working at the zoo. Um, when I'd interact with the public. It's like everybody goes to the zoo. Eh? Rich, poor, weird, not weird, normal, kids, um, mentally um, not able. <laughs> God damn it. Mentally not able. Oh, have you seen the mentally not ables? Um, anyway, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, people, just people, a, gr- a cross section of, of everyone goes to the zoo. And there'd always be, and that, that was the amazing thing. Unless you're like uber wealthy or Michael Jackson, you don't have your own zoo, so you go to the zoo. And pretty much the same thing with an election. You have to vote, so you go to vote. And you stop and you go to the sausage sizzle, you go to the, the, the fate or the... The, um, the cake sale that's raising money for the school. Anyway, so I was manning the sausages, which was a really hard job, actually. I thought that was kind of a fun job, and I'm kind of out of the way there. I don't really... I won't deal with the public, but they buddy came and talked to me, didn't they? Um, so, but it was a hard job, because the smoke goes in your face all day. So it was a... Hell, it was a three-hour shift, just solidly just cooking sausages, which was, it was hard. It actually was hard, because the smoke was just blowing me eyes all day. I was crying... With um, with smoke, bloody with bloody vape, and then I, I was just covered in oh, just it was foul. Like when I went home, I just smelt like a sausage, and it took two days to wash it out of my hair. It was disgusting. Anyway, um, it was just a few blokes that would come up, and one old bloke, he bloody really pissed me off. Small, small things again, sweating them. So he came up to me, and he's like, "My sausage isn't hot," because he, you know, you bring the sausage out. I cook the sausage. Then I put them in a uh, aluminium tray, take them to the people serving the sausages, the other people from the parents and well, the parents and friends committee. Um, that's another story, by the way. Oh my god. Anyway, so you put the sausage in the bread, rah rah. But this guy came up with, this, with the sausage in the bread. He goes, "My sausage is cold." And I was like, "Oh, I'm sorry about that." He goes, "I want a hot sausage." And I was like, "Don't even please, just I want a hot sausage." I went, "All right." So I, I said, can you pick out the cold sausage out of your, out of your sausage, uh, out of your sandwich? And he picked it out and said, put it in the bin there. And he goes, no, I'll, I'll still have it. I'm like, all right. And he goes, I want a hot sausage. So, and then I just got the hot sausage and I smacked it into his bread in his hand. And he, all these onions went everywhere. And he went, oh, oh. And I was, I was being passive aggressive. And I know the other dad who was on onions, he looked at me like, oh, I shouldn't do that. But he also looked at me like, yeah, you're a rebel. You bloody, you little winner. Passive aggressive sausage delivery here. <laughs> uh, I have, uh, I made me laugh with a passage of uh, passive aggressive sausage delivery. Passive passive aggressive. Oh, fucking hell, I can't even say it now. Anyway, um, and then some other bloke was angry because they weren't ready, and it's like I need to cook them. I, there was a rush on sausages, and there's only I can fill the grill with sausages. And then I empty the grill and put them into aluminium, but then I put more sausages on. And if those sausages go that quickly, that the ones on the grill are not cooked properly yet, that's not my fault. And this bloke was giving me, seriously, death stares. Like, this is his right. It's not like this sausage wagon is there every week. That'd be different, you know what I mean? Like, you'd expect a sausage when you go to the sausage man. But this is like, you know, once in a blue moon, it's a sausage sizzle. And you go to the sausage sizzle, 
and you just patiently wait for the fucking sausages to be cooked, but they weren't cooked. And he goes, they look cooked. I'm like, they're not. And I snapped one in half and I look, it's pink in the middle. He's like, oh. And, I, and, I, and he glared at me. He gave me a destiny. I said, are you all right, mate? He goes, yeah, you all right? <laughs> said, Jesus. Having a standoff over a sausage sizzle. Anyway. Um, I actually once... Uh, I actually know that's in my show at the moment. I'm not going to talk about it. I actually have a funny sausage sizzle story. Um, that's quite true. Quite true. No, it is true. But anyway. Um, yeah, so there I, got, I had some sausage rage um, at the school bloody election day sausage sale. And I made Rocky Road to sell at the cake sale which went like hot cakes but you can't put nuts in there you need nuts in your rocky road so i had to put shortbread biscuits in which i, I just improvised and people told me they said hey it was great and i was like well thank you um and normally i put turkish delight in my in my rocky road instead of raspberries not raspberries you know little chewy red lollies or cut up chocolate frogs um but i put turkish delight in i love turkish delight i know a lot of people don't like it i love that that, that really the old man one fries turkish delight um, but by the way, if you listen, I know there are people listening overseas. Like there's somebody in Oslo, and I know there's definitely people in Canada and the States, and there's lots in the UK. Um, and I do talk about colloquial things just to Australia, but bad luck, that's the life I live. Unless I get to the UK and tour soon, I really want a tour soon. I've reached out, but it's just really hard to get something bloody rolling over there. I think their economy is really not well, but anyway, I'm, I'm sorry if you are in the UK and you're freaking out at the moment, I'm very, very sorry. Uh, anyway, speaking of the economy, I've got to meet with creditors next week. Jesus Christ, I'm scared. Anyway, that's private information you probably shouldn't know about. Alright, here's some stuff to stick in your ear hole. I need some things at the Institute! A precise history of things with Sam Simmons. Ba, 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 ba. Let me in. You must let me in. Cried the blonde fox named Kevin. Let me in. No way. Mumbled a small, decrepit, old, muffled, silly voice. But if you don't let me in, then I can't fix the impending destruction of the whole forest by those humans. Human people of pure fantasy, blonde fox. Said the silly voice, becoming ever more apparent. Pure fantasy, I say. It was Howard the Badger. Howard was in charge of all the other small woodland creatures' affairs. Kind of like a king shit badger, but with all the supernatural powers of Princess Leia. In the meanwhile, the vast majority of the lesser woodland creatures grew restless. A cloud had been hanging oddly over the forest for some years now. But every now and then... A shard of sunlight would pierce through the clouds and strike the withering grass and remind the creatures of how things could be. The forest had changed. Finches whacking up heroin. No superannuation schemes for lesbian ponies. Lost funding for Leon the Tortoise to make avant-garde theatre about nudity and milk. The creatures were indeed restless. Feeling the disharmony, Howard the Badger convened a secret meeting of all his fellow forest ministers. Peter the Pug was there, as was Bronwyn the Toad Snake, Tony the Three-Legged Goat, and Alexander the... Can't actually work out exactly what animal he was. He was kind of like a cross between a candle and a water hog or something from Star Wars. Brendan the Ocelot and all the other various rats were there as well. Then suddenly from behind a gnarled old gum tree came Juliet the Peahen, speeding over the meadow on her radical new BMX. Unfortunately, she wasn't watching where she was going and she sped straight into a sheep. It was a sheep sent on behalf of the farmers from across the meadow who had an issue with the blonde fox's agenda. The blonde fox's environmentally friendly tree friend, Peter the Musical Tree Elf, just stood next to the barbed wire fence and watched Juliet the sheep prang in silence. Will Peter sing? Will Peter say anything? Spoken by Sam Simmons on behalf of the Small Woodland Creature Society of the Forest for the Future. Touch me on the junk, please. Righty, righty, righty ho. Let's get along with the PNC. Oh no, quickly. Mike Cannon Brooks, what are you doing today, Mike Cannon Brooks? Can you sway some cash my way to make the Silly Billy Walker thing that's really good and corporate? Um, I want it, it needs to have a little bit of a corporate angle. It's going to get there. It's just very hard to be... I'm only doing it with one other person, and it's so hard, and time, and money's too tight to mention. Um, but it will happen. It is going to happen, but I just want to launch it properly. I know I'm banging on about stuff. And also, tea towels still haven't arrived, so don't get angry at me. It's not my fault. Blame bloody whatever's going on. The recession? I don't know. Blame someone. Blame, blame Peter Dutton. I guess it's his fault. Or no, blame... I guess Scott, Scott Morrison more so. But anyway, but anywho, actually Albanese, fuck you and your bloody nuclear submarines, you dickhead. 
Anywho, oh yeah, the PNC. So the PNC is like your parents, parents committee. Yeah, I think it's the parents committee. And you've got to do stuff and go to meet. There's too many meetings. There's just too much stuff that goes on. So you bloody, you go do the sausage sizzle. Then four days later, you have to go to a meeting and talk about the sausage sizzle. I couldn't go because we were doing couples therapy. But anyway, bloody, how many meetings do you need? It's over, it's over met. Anyway, it doesn't matter. They're lovely, all lovely people. Just too much stuff to do. Maybe I should pull out. I don't want to pull out. But I kind of do want to at the same time. Anywho. Any, what, why that my new catch thing? Anywho. I don't even like saying anywho. I don't want to say anywho. Uh, I drove a long way for a children's party on Friday. Uh, sorry, on Sunday. So Luna was well and ready and um, wanted, you know, put some cake in there. You've been sick for three days. Time to put some cake in. Uh, so I drove three, three and a half hours south of Sydney to I don't know where and uh, went to a birthday party and it was great. It was re- it was lovely. It was on the beach. It was beautiful. It was down near, um, oh, I don't even know where. I, ca- I can't believe I don't even, I can't remember. Kalamala? Kalamala or something like that. Beautiful, beautiful party. Really lovely people. Didn't really know many of them, um, but it was really lovely, lovely time. Um, what was the point of this? I did it. Oh, that's right. So... My, it was my mate's kids, uh, my mate's kids, sorry, and they'd come to Luna's birthday party and I did a thing during Pass the Parcel, I don't think I mentioned this before, it was so funny, so in there's a thing at the moment in Pass the Parcel where, I think it was on Bluey, where they're saying that, you know, not every layer should have a prize, or really, in, back in the olden days, it was just one prize in the middle, and that person won it, um, but... You know, these days, it, there's a layer of prizes in every single layer. So they undo... Um, it's like a Chris Kring... No, not like a Chris Kring. It's parcel, parcel. Anyway, so you undo a layer. If you don't know what it is, basically, you get a present, you wrap it up, then you get another present, put it on top of that, bit of wrapping, and then wrap it up again, and so on and so on, until it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, it can cost a fortune, by the way. Gosh, all these shit you have to put in there. And anyhow... I'm not going to say it again. Um... I put in one layer at Luna's birthday, a miso spoon, just out of the drawer um, at home. I was like, that'll be funny. One kid will get a miso spoon. We'll look forward to it. (laughs) And my friends whose party I was at on the weekend, it was their little girl that got the miso spoon. And she was so awesome about receiving the miso spoon because when the pass parcel was happening, I knew the miso spoon was coming. She was the best kid to get it because she acted really, really well. Because I was like, yeah, you got the miso spoon. Yes. Miso spoon. I made miso sp- spoon seem like it was a, a way better thing than it actually is, as all the other kids were there with their little toys and chocolates. <laughs> so cruel. It's so cruel, but it's really funny. Anyway, this dad did the same thing, but he put a peg in there. So I think we should start doing this. It's very, very funny because life's, you know, life's full of hard knocks. Sometimes you get a miso spoon. Other times you get yourself a bloody Kit Kat. You don't, you don't know what what life's going to throw at you with a pass a parcel. So I challenge you out there, if you do have kids, to put something um, inane, something uh, ridiculous uh, into the pass a parcel, like a peg or a miso spoon. What you, It could be anything you want. Not a pair of scissors, but you know what I'm thinking. Um, and yeah, just wait for the reaction from the kid. I, I, it's a, I think it's a bloody... It's a winner. It's an absolute winner. Okay, um... I'm going to be deep diving soon. We're deep diving soon. Deep diving. Um, Oh, by the way, really nice responses online. I'm only on Instagram, but people are like, get on TikTok, mate. And I don't want to get on TikTok because I don't believe it's going to survive. Um, I think that, you know, under what's currently going on between China and the rest of the world, everyone's just so freaking anti-China. They're just going to rip the platform down, which um, I don't agree with. I don't think we should be in any... Um, confrontation with anybody, any country whatsoever. There's a load of shit, but I think that TikTok, <gasps> pardon me, hiccup, is going to get ripped down at some point. So what's the point? What's the point, guys? So I'm on Instagram and uh, I've been doing little uh, one minute factual information about animals. So far I've done tapirs, I've done slow lorises, and what the hell was the one I did the other day? Oh, the proboscis monkey. And uh, people really like them. It's so cute. And it's, you know, it's something that I know about. It's my, you know, zoology background and animals. So if you're not on Instagram, which you don't have to be, but if you want to go in there and just, you could, I don't even think you have to be on Instagram just to go on, um, go on Google and you can Google my Instagram and you can probably play yourself um, my little animal things because they are really cute and people seem to really love them, which is really nice. 
Um, now, before I get into the deep dive, which is a weird one, um, well, it's always a pretty much a weird one. I just wanted to... Oh, by the way, my daughter loves The Cure. <gasps> I think it's her band, which is like, I was never really into The Cure, but now I'm getting into The Cure because I realised, gee, they were quite prolific when it came to writing bangers, like really great hits. Um, not all great songs, like Love Cats is not a good song, but... There's other ones in there, like she loves A Forest, which is um, a really dark, brooding song. And then she loves Caterpillar, which is really a great song. Um, Close to Me. Anyway, it, she loves the... I think that's her band, which is kind of not... I mean, I kind of thought she might be a little bit gothic in a way. I mean, there's no goths around anymore, unless they're due for a comeback. I've seen the cyber ones walking around. Um, and I, mean, I guess Billie Eilish, there's something about... She's like snuggy goth. Does that make sense? Like... What are those things that people wear that the teenagers... Udi. She's like an Udi goth. If that if that's a thing, it's like a furry goth. Where you're all snuggly, but you're a bit angry. You're a snuggly furry goth and you've got pink hair or black hair or black fingernails, but you're wearing an Udi. A snuggly Udi goth. There's got to be a name for these people. Has anybody named the that, this generation of young teenagers that like laying on their side horizontally just watching Netflix... Um, or be actually not watching Netflix. They're just laying on their side watching YouTubes in an Udi uh, with like bright blue hair. What are they? What is they? Is I think is the correct way to uh, not offend they. Is what is they? What is they? Um, that might have been one of the best comedy things I've ever done. Was just what happened then. So um, rewind. Go back thirty seconds. Unless I'm mental, that was very good what I just did then. What is they? Um, anywho, so... Oh God, I did anywho again. Fuck off. Um, I, I'm fighting with myself in my head. But yes, I think she might be one of those people. Um, what is, whatever is they, they is. Um, I think that's what she is. And I like her being into The Cure. And uh, Robert Smith, it's really... Watching his evolution as well, from clean cut to lipstick to just crazy Tim Minchin style hair. Although Tim Minchin would have stolen that idea for, off him. Um, but yeah, he's he's wonderful, and she just she loves the music, and that's it's so cute to watch. Uh, right, so before the deep dive, um, it's going to call out a bit of bad behaviour that happened. Okay, so somebody, some woman in my life, um, she definitely won't be listening to the podcast, but some woman in my life, buddy, when they she saw me like probably a month ago, and it's I've only I think it's taken me this long long to digest the insult in full. And I'm calling sexism on this because if I was to say something like this to a female um, or a member of the trans community, I would be in trouble. But she said, oh, look, at your, your face looks different. And I said, oh, thanks. She goes, well, we, we, I mean, I, I, so I think I said thanks preemptively because um, I, I, I knew she was going to give me a compliment, but I thought it was a compliment. She goes, yeah, you're looking less jowly. You know how you normally look all jowly? That's so rude. But I guess that's the type of thing you can say to a uh, to someone with um, male genitals. I've got male genitals. Insult me. And I look white. You shit, man. Um, yeah, really interesting, huh? So kind of just... Uh, like, I mean, it's not like I'm... I mean, I am vain. I'm very vain. It's why I wear a baseball cap a lot, because I know what I look like. But I know it's funny when I take the hat off. So I'm just... It's like I've got a punchline sitting on the top of my head. Um, anyway, so it did, it, it just, it got me. Not sad. I was just like, oh, fuck you, jowly. Imagine I said to you, oh, you, your ass isn't as fat as last time, is it? You know, the bloody, the bits that hang over the side? Um, and <laughs> I couldn't do that. Even jowly. Oh, you're looking less jowly. Oh, you're looking less frumpy. I think that's the word that really, my God, I think that's the word any woman does not want to hear is frumpy. I don't know. I think, you know what? That's maybe what the Udi people should be called. Those little Udi kids. The frumps. The, the, like, they're not Gen X. You've got Gen Xers, the Millennials, and the frumps. Little frumpy little little kids. Little frumpy goths. <laughs> uh, unless I'm wrong, this has been a good podcast today. So I'm glad I, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I did it. Uh, I think the Wim Hof is helping me. If you, do you know what Wim Hof is? It's that where you submerge yourself in cold water. So every morning I get up at, not every morning, so three days a week. So it's not every morning at all. Uh, three days a week at 4.30am. I've done it every single day I've said I was going to do it. I wake at 4.30am and I travel down to a rock pool 
Um, I'm not going to tell you where because I like being there alone because there's no, no one ever there and it's really beautiful. And I dive into the rock pool and it's real. I mean, it's not that cold at the moment. It's quite warm, but um, it's getting cold. It was cold this morning. And I submerge myself in the salt water in the rock pool. And it's just, it's it feels really, really good. And then you do those weird breaths because you're cold and you get out and I don't put a shirt on. I just wear a towel back to the car and get in and I play weird music and drive home in the darkness uh, to, you know, make lunch for my little girl. It's, it's a really lovely habit to get into. I hope I stick with it. Just got to stay off the booze, mate. Stay off your bloody booze. And if you are going to, prepare yourself to get sad. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's what's helping me out at the moment. If you, if you are struggling out there, um, maybe something like that will help. Um, even, I've been told even a cold shower works, but I can't do it. And I do like the ritual of getting up really early and watching the sunrise. There's something about it anyway. Um, and the no booze in general. And I know it's hard if you are out there and you find it hard to, you know, after a rough day or receiving awful news, you're like, oh God, just love to crack something open. Um, and yeah, just, just wait. I guess it's kind of like in the olden days with cigarette urges, they used to say, you just, just wait, let the urge pass, fill the time with something else and get through it. Have a pickle. I started pickling. So when I get the urge, I have a pickle. That helps me out. I have a pickle and I jump in the ocean. Anyway, uh, if you're not close to the ocean, you can bloody maybe just stick your head in a bucket. In an icy bucket, that's all you need. Just get, and seriously, that, that is all you need. Just some, splash some really frosty cold water on your face. And yeah, anyway, I don't know. I don't know whether, but, but, but I don't know. Just shut up. He lay in bed and thought about all the things he would talk to her about. Not cats, not cats, not cats. He said to himself. He could always feel himself boring people to within an inch of their life talking of cats. Yeah, well, they're actually very cunning killers, man. Yeah, whatever. Then he ate avocado on toast and accidentally bit his lip. Ow! Idiot. Then he went inside and rehearsed his bus crush Tanya lines in the mirror as he shaved. Of course, before he left his flat, he remembered to scorn his unfinished coffee table. Fuck you, Ikea flat pack coffee table! He said good morning to Mr. Miyagi. Good morning, Mr. Miyagi! Gave the garden gnome the finger. He bought a small bunch of flowers, nothing too showy. Then he walked to the park towards bus crush infused destiny. He thought he was killing it. I fully rule! He didn't, but he did have plenty to talk about. How Brian Brown is an underappreciated actor. Bloody Brian Brown. Warren G. Bloody Warren G. How Brian Brown is an unappreciated actor. Bloody Brian Brown. And not thinking about talking about any cat stuff whatsoever. No cats, no cats, no cats. Now he was nervous, like a soggy newspaper sweating in its plastic sleeve. Mm. In fact, he spent so much time stressing and rehearsing conversation, he didn't realise Tanya was now 45 minutes late. Sorry? She's 45 minutes late. Really? So he texted her and waited for a reply. Anything yet? No. He called her, but her phone went straight to message bank. Hello, the person you are trying to reach is not available. Please leave a short 10 second message and it will be sent as a text message. Eventually he did leave a message. Hey, uh, Tanya, it's me. Look, I've sent a few messages already. Um, look, uh, it's getting late. Um, just wondering, anyway, you've got my number. Give me a call. A little while later, he left another message. Hey, it's me again. Look, it's beginning to cloud over. Uh, maybe we should head somewhere else? Alright. Call me. And then, as all good cliches go, it began to rain. Fuck! Oh, for fuck's sake! Is it... <sighs> the man just sat there in the park like a suspicious garden gnome, soaking up the fuckness. Come on. Not long after, he left yet another message. I'm getting all wet and I wasn't even going to talk about cats, silly lady! And another message. I had a guy on! Can I hear Another message. I had Then the man ate his flowers in the rain.
I don't know why he ate the flowers. Me either. The man felt completely and utterly broken, like a Lego dildo laying in pieces on the bathroom floor. What the fuck? Nothing. And so the man started home, leaving increasingly weirder and more desperate messages. Hagrid's PM Dawn! Everybody fully loves PM Dawn! God damn it! When the man neared his house, he called out for Mr. Miyagi. Mr. Miyagi! But it was raining, and Mr. Miyagi was in a dry, warm place, like a packet of fluffy biscuits. Miyagi! We're deep diving with Dad. Deep diving with Dad. We're gonna deep dive into the deep end. Alright, so this is about Ong's hat. O-N-G. Ong. Ong. Hat. Ong's hat. Uh, so I had no idea about this, but I was uh, just looking at stuff on the internet and I, uh, I found it. So Ong's Hat is one of the earliest internet-based secret history conspiracy theories. It was created as a piece of collaborative fiction by... F oh! I've spoiled it already. Collaborative fiction. Hang on a minute. No, there's more to this. Wait for it. So by four core individuals dating back to the 1980s. So... This is pre-internet, obviously. Although the membership propagating the tale changed over time, Ong's hat is often cited as the first ARG on many lists of alternative reality games. I don't know what that means, but anyway. The characters were largely based on uh, in the ghost town of Ong's hat, New Jersey, hence the name of the project. Uh, the threads of the story can trace back uh, as far as the 1980s on bulletin board systems, old Xerox mail art networks, and early zines. Um, I never had zines where I grew up in Adelaide. There were no zines. I think it's more, it's more of an American thing, I think. Um, the aim was to create a fictional storyline and embed it with various media cultures to establish a backstory. It may have started as an in-joke or the first alternative reality game, a work of transmedia storytelling or as a mimetic experiment to see how far the meme could spread or a co I didn't know that was what a meme is. Mimetics. Gotcha. Or a combination of all of the above. The story eventually used print, radio, television, and digital mediums such as CD-ROMs. Remember CD-ROMs? Oh, I got a CD-ROM. DVDs, internet, and BBS. I don't know what BBS is, but there it is uh, in its uh, dissemination. That's a good word. Uh, the initial ground rules acknowledge the possibility that such an experiment could end up going down darker paths, and they eventually ruled out Ong's hat being uh, used for cult-like activity. Even though it's a fiction, the tale may be based on earlier works. Here we go. So, Joseph... Hang on. Rah, rah, rah. So, Ong's hat... Okay, this is it. The Ong's hat narrative is told in the form of conspiracy theory surrounding a group of renegade Princeton professors who had conducted quantum physics and chaos theory experiments to discover a new theory for dimensional travel using a device uh, using a device called the egg. That's way better. Why do they call it Ong's egg? Ong's hat's all right, but Ong's egg. It's hard to say and it's kind of catchy. Uh, they, so they, they had, basically they invented time travel uh, and the device was called the egg. So they were camped out in a parallel world, and their story is introduced to us through two documents. Incunalabula. Incunalabula. The catalogue of rare books, manuscripts, and curiosa, conspiracy theory, frontier science, rah, rah, rah. The story is said to have beginned. Beginned. Here we go. The story is said to begin in 1978 when a man named Wally Ford. Yeah, it does sound like a fake name, doesn't it? Um, bought over 208 acres of forested land and set up an ashram. Yep, that's cool. Um, an ashram is like basically like a hippie place, which I think I, I'm not against an ashram. I like the idea of a whole lot of like-minded people or friends, people who like each other with similar beliefs, which is almost leaning into a cult here, um, get together and live on a property. I mean... We've got to change the system of how we do it. I mean, I'm, I don't want to go to a nursing home and just pass away in there. Maybe an ashram. Just go out there and, you know, obviously, I hope that, you know, there's a doctor's surgery nearby if something goes... Anyway, it doesn't matter. Ashram was built for... Anyway, this ashram was built for seekers of spirituality, politics, tantra. Uh-oh. I think that means sex. And psychopharmacology, which is basically doing magic mushrooms and LSD and... All sorts of little drugs and stuff like that. Anyway, so the ashram was a place for... By the way, microdosing, what a load of shit that is. Just bloody have a big big dose. Big dose, have a think. Um, 
among the other accredited scientists for performing. By the way, don't do that if you are a fourteen-year-old listening. Don't um, don't do not do don't listen to me. Thank you. Uh, the ashram was a place for Princeton physicists, among other accredited scientists, to perform experiments involving interdimensional travel. It was rumoured that they were trying to train the human mind to manipulate quantum physics and reality, uh, reality itself. See, this all sounds like absolute bullshit, but also a little bit like, okay. Um, the device, the egg, which is also a sex thing, I think... Um, uh, called the egg was developed in the late 1980s by these scientists and physicists the device was created as a variation of a sensory deprivation chamber it was used to help them determine when a wave becomes a particle however during a test one day something unexpected happened it disappeared a young man who was uh, inside the egg when it disappeared explained that in the seven minutes the egg was gone he traveled to another alternative uh, dimension of the earth this other planet was exactly the same as the Earth, but did not contain human life. Yeah, I don't know about this. Oh. Throughout the years, they continued their experiments. However, when military efforts uh, threatened the research being done by these physicists and scientists, they had to move their site elsewhere. Piece by piece, they moved their ashram to the other Earth. Oh, get fucked. They did not. They left behind only the house where the gateway between the two worlds is held. The only time the people who live in the ashram returns when they need to restock supplies. That's a, that, There you go. Look, sorry for wasting your time there. That That's definitely a load of um, absolute tripe. Is it tripe or trite? Tripe. Tripe. Because tripe is a stomach lining of a cow, isn't it? No one wants a load of tripe, do they? Um, anyway, hey, that was the podcast. Hey, thanks for listening. Hey, I hope you got a good week ahead. Thanks for listening to Nisha's Quiche. Um, so, um, yeah, get on Rollover Pavlova. We'll see what it sounds like. I'm kind of I'm really excited about it. I think it's going to be quite fun and a really fun exercise to actually create it and have no swearing in it, conceptually really simple. Um, so yeah, I'll, hopefully that'll be out early next week, maybe on the weekend, who knows how um, how far, how fastidious I'll, I'll be with that one. But um, I mean, I can be slack with this stuff, but I, I do me best. I do me best for you, yeah. Um, thanks to all my patriots on Patreon. Uh, thank you so much, it really means a lot to have some dollars to pay the bills. Um, yeah, because it's hard to get some dollars on TV because there's nothing casting right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, and also live shows. Thank you so much for everyone who came in Adelaide and saw the first version of the show. And I'm really looking forward to bringing it to you in Melbourne. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful week. And I'll speak to you then. Bye.